0: Let's pray. Father God, we gather here to worship you. We gather here to recognize who you are and what you've done for us, to build one another up, to encourage each other as a family in Christ, and to admit just how worthy you are. Help us in all these things, we pray for your Spirit's presence, to fill us up to overflowing. And we pray this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. How often do we just praise God? Just just praise God. We're really good about going to him frequently with requests, things we need, my dog is sick, I want a good vacation, whatever it might be. We want to go to him and say, this is my list, God, and and here's what I need, and I'm I'm praying to you because I know you're God and all this. We're good about that. How often do we just go to him and simply praise him? Is this something that we... Is praise something we reserve for Sundays? When we come together and gather as a church body on a Sunday, do we we come with a heartfelt desire to praise God? Or are we simply coming to church out of habit. It's, it's our good thing we need to do. We're doing our, our good religious deed for the week, right? Uh, I'm not trying to be accusatory towards anyone. I just want us to think, are we coming to worship God or just to make ourselves feel better for having been here? What is our purpose in coming to through these doors and gathering together? Do do we come with empty hearts? Do we come with hearts that are just devoid of that awe of God? Hearts full of the world, so full of the world and and the concerns of the world and the things we're trying to get done out there that that there's not enough room. They, they, They are empty of a love for our Savior. As we've been looking for a new worship pastor, somebody to replace Dr. I, many thoughts and conversations have come up and, and have, we've had them amongst different people about what we are or, or what we should be looking for in this new person to come in and lead worship, right? <clears throat> One of those conversations has been centered around personality what we're looking for in this person. And sometimes I fear that the church, and I believe it happens in a lot of churches today. Are we looking for somebody who can come in and stand up here with a grand personality and make you worship? Are we coming in with, with that expectation of them? Are we expecting our worship pastor to take us to that place of heartfelt worship on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening because we've brought absolutely nothing with us in the first place? We've come in empty of a heart to meet God and, and we've just kind of expect that guy, whoever that guy might be, to take us there. Or do we come in these doors actually desiring to meet with God, expecting to meet with God as we gather together as a family in Christ? Do we know why we are here? Who we are here for? God never asked us for religion. He never valued or asked us for some kind of rote worship or mere acts of obligation. Remember in the book of Joel how he said in in Joel 2.13, rend your hearts, not your garments. I don't care about your outward actions. I want your heart. Or as God looked upon King Saul, King Saul who made his offerings out of the fear of the Philistines, fear of man, and he saw his army scattering away from him in 1 Samuel 13, and so he just went and made the sacrifice to get it done with. Later on, looking upon Saul's disobedience and his his false justification of his pseudo-religious acts, God would say through Samuel, I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me, has not performed my commandments. Has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. And later to Israel, he would say, what is to me? What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices. You bring them, you bring them, you bring them, you burn them, great. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? You sing the songs, you come through the doors, you you might crack open your Bible, you might read it, but are you taking it to heart, says the Lord? I've had enough of burnt offerings, enough of religion, enough of rams, the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Quit the religion. Start worshiping. Why are we here? Are we ready to use all that God has given us all that God has given us to praise Him? Are we ready to shout? To clap? To play? To sing truths about who He is and what He has done and to be excited about it, to get our focus on God? There is no other God like Him, is there? There is no other God who can do what He has done. There is no other God who has provided salvation like what we have. Are we ready to get our focus on God and to do it with joy in our hearts? Open up your Bibles to Psalm 47. Psalm 47 comes immediately after Psalm 46 and right before Psalm 48. It's a short psalm. It's a beautiful psalm. It's very direct, very simple. It says, let's stand up for the reading of God's word. Psalm 47. Starting in verse one, it says, clap your hands, all peoples, shout to God with loud songs of joy, for the Lord, the most high, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. He is highly exalted. Praise God. Go ahead and have a seat. The reading of God's word. So who have we come out to see? What what have we come out to behold? According to this psalm, we have come to, to praise and to worship God. The Lord, the Most High, the One to be feared, a Great King. All of these titles, all these things are said about him in this short psalm. He is God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything in them. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That's a Hebraism for he's all that in a bag of chips. He is, he is the beginning, he's the end, and everything in between is what that means not just the beginning and the end. He's eternal and infinite, abiding everywhere and every when, all at once, living in the past, present, and future because he stands apart from time. To, to God, a thousand years is as a day and a day is as a thousand years, right? Right? He's omnipotent, all-powerful. There is nothing that shall be impossible for God. Luke chapter 1, the angel declares that to Mary as she says, How is this going to happen? And by the grace and the word of God, a virgin had a child. And that child was God in the flesh on this earth, walking amongst us. For nothing shall be impossible for him he holds everything together right now by his own word of power. We are here because he allows us to be. He holds it together right now. He is the Lord. Yahweh. He is I am. The God who was and the God who is and the God who is to come. There is no other. The the power of his name was put on display as Jesus told those who came to arrest him in the garden and they were marching up their soldiers and all and he says who are you looking for? And they say Jesus of Nazareth and he says I am he. And what do they do? They fall back, they draw back and fall down immediately before him because Yahweh has said I am. A name upon which we call the Lord Jesus Christ and we are saved for he is both just and the justifier and there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved he is God he is the Lord he is the most high there is none above him and in fact there is no other God besides him Isaiah 44 thus says the Lord the king of Israel and his redeemer The Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Who is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and set it before me since I appointed an ancient people. Let them declare what is to come and what will happen. Fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. He is the one to be feared. He is a great king over all the earth. Verse 2. He is sovereign. He is the king. King is not a picture we're used to here in independent America, is it? We don't like being told what to do. I am my own person. Just go to Texas, right? He is sovereign. He is the king. When a king speaks, the people obey, right? And if the people choose not to obey, they will pay the price of disobedience, won't they? That's a king. And he is the one to whom we will have to give an account. According to the author of Hebrews, no creature, no creature, not an ant and not a human is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And as we discussed this morning's sermon, his judgments will never be wrong. We are not able to justify Our sin before him. He is good. He is righteous. He is loving. He is gracious. He is pure. He is holy, holy, holy as the angels continuously declare before the throne of God because they just can't get over how holy he really is. We could go on for eternity describing the great and wonderful things of God and never quite cover it to its proper extent because he is the infinite, eternal God. He is the one who is able to create from nothing, ex nihilo, the fancy Latin words, from nothing, See, we're creative, aren't we? Created in God's image, he's given us the ability to create, and we take the stuff of God, we take the trees, and we make lovely pulpits, and we take the dirt, and we make bricks, and we we make things from the stuff, but God created from nothing. And having created all that is, everything and everyone belongs to him. That's the God that we praise. That is the God we are called to praise. Clap your hands, all people. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared a great king. He's the Lord, the king over all the earth. He is to be highly exalted, according to our psalm right here. Knowing who he is, and knowing, therefore, all that he has done, If I understand the salvation that he's given me, let my worship be laced with joy. We should be the most joyful people on earth. Do you know what we've been saved from? I don't think we even begin to know what we've been saved from, do we? The depth and the wretchedness of our sin that is washed away by the grace of Jesus Christ. And so God's word says, clap your hands, all peoples, shout to God with loud songs of joy. I should have this, this fear and adoration all mixed together in my heart as I come before God, as I gather with this family in Christ to to humble myself and, and look at Him and acknowledge Him and see Him and study His Word and know Him more. Clap your hands, all people. Shout to God with loud songs of joy for or because the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. I don't do this worship thing. We don't do this because of how good or how great I am. I do this because of who he is. And he is my provider. He is my salvation. He is God Almighty, the Lord who heals my peace. He is my righteousness, a righteousness that is not my own but comes from God alone. He's my shepherd. And he is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of both angels and men. Clap your hands, some of you people. Clap your hands if you feel like it. Clap your hands, all peoples, shout to God with loud songs of joy. Verse 9, the people, the princes of the peoples gather together as the people of the God of Abraham. Jew, Gentile, all together, doesn't matter for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. There is not a person on this earth that was not knit together by the very hand of God. All the shields, every person of every nation has been created, gifted, and equipped by him and for his glory. Colossians 1.16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things. Were created through him and for him. And we've all been called to praise his name, to give glory where glory is due. Do you have hands? Do you have a voice? Do you have a talent? Do you have a skill? Can you sing? Can you play an instrument? Can you construct? Can you cook? Can you counsel? Do you have wisdom? Do you have knowledge? knowing who God is and that He is the source of all these things in your life, knowing that He is the one who has given you all these things. (laughs) Clap your hands, all you people. Use your hands to glorify Him, to bring Him glory. It is is a false human construct to think that we need to be some kind of frozen chosen. It's artificial. We've put this agenda on ourselves that oh you better not be caught singing too loud now you wouldn't want to sing too loud or or move because somebody might have the audacious mistaken thought that you're worshiping a god that is bigger than you are he is isn't he now please don't go rolling down the aisles self-control is of the fruit of the spirit but what does god call us to he calls us to shout verse two no the second part of verse one shout to god loud songs of joy i think god put this in here for those of us who who can't sing there's no excuses make it loud and proud we, we should be declaring the great and awesome person and works of God. The things that he did for Israel, they list some here, verses 3 and 4. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loves. What has God done in your life? What has God done for you? Do we find ourselves sharing with others the acts of God in our lives? Do we recognize what God has done in our lives from salvation to all the varied many ways that he's provided for us? Are we we so full of the goodness of God in our lives that we just can't hold it in? Do you have a testimony? If I called for a witness, if I said, can I have a witness, would there be one? Because if, if anywhere in this world there should be a witness for the greatness of God, it should be in this room. Verse 6. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. Sing even if you don't think you can sing. Make a joyful noise if you can't sing. Psalm 98 verse 4, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. And we do this not because I am worthy or not because life is going the way I want it to, not because I see fit to worship God, but because I know who God is and what he has done. For the Lord the Most High is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Verse 7. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. We do this because he is worthy. We do it because apart from the hardships that this world might throw at us, and and if my family is falling apart, if my job is not going well, if my friends have failed me, or if I'm being tempted and tried, if the only thing that I have on this earth is salvation in Jesus Christ, if that's it, I have nothing else. Nothing else is worth living for. The only thing I have is Christ and Christ alone. Then I know that God has loved me. I know that God has freely given me an undeserved love and salvation and that alone is worth living for and loving him and praising him and declaring his praise to the end of my days. I am sealed by his spirit. And I am, that's been promised in his resurrection. He's given me eternal life. He's given me the best reason to rejoice, to sing loud songs of praise that I might declare everywhere I go and with all that I am, the person and works of Jesus Christ. He's subdued death and the grave. There's two things that happen to every person in this world, right? Death and... Taxes, right? Jesus changed that. You only have to endure taxes. He's given us an excellent heritage. He chose our heritage for us. I am an adopted son of God. Nothing anyone says or does can change that. I'm adopted son of God not by my my cheap and sin-laden works, but in the perfect life and sacrifice of Jesus Christ and Christ alone, who is at the right hand of the Father and interceding for us at this moment. And my brother, my brother Jesus, he wants me there. He actually wants me there with him. And I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt because I've been bought with a price, and that price is his very own blood shed in my place. I've been redeemed from slavery to sin and condemnation. That's how loved we are. That's how loved you are. So as we gather, let's Let's come together to be his witnesses to one another, to share in conversation in song and worship, recognizing God for who he is and what he's done with joy and a fearful awe of the God before whose throne we get to come. Still kind of filthy, aren't we? And we get to boldly come before his throne because of his shed blood. In our place. Let's do this with joy and a fearful awe that we should share in the great things of God with one another. This is why we are here. Clap your hands. All people shout to God with loud songs of joy. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. Now we're going to do just what God calls us to do here in this psalm doing things a little differently tonight. You mightn't have noticed that the front end of our service tonight was rather light on the the musical worship, light on the songs. But we're going to do something tonight. We're going to sing and we're going to shout his praise. We're going to do both of these things. We're going to have a couple of prayer sessions and we're going to have some song laced in between those and and before it. And, And so I just want you to prepare your hearts now, okay? Prepare your hearts now. The first prayer session will simply be Praising God for who he is. And I will remind you of this as we go into it. Just when you do it, stand up and shout something great about God. Not a request, not a a, uh, uh, thank you for making me how good I am. Just acknowledge God. God alone. And the second session, will be praising him for what he's done in your life. Let's bear some testimony tonight about the goodness of God. Keep your stories nice and succinct. Just praise God. Give everybody a chance who wants to give a chance to do it. And let's praise God for what he has done. Let's come on up. Let's get the, the praise team up here. We're going to sing, and then we'll go into that first session of prayer.